week of Elvis Lives, a conspiracy theory podcast. Hello. Did you hear me forget our name for yeah. a red hot second? For me, I was like, why are you saying Elvis? But that was also my problem. I was thinking when we're doing musicals. Why? We're not on the Sunday. This isn't I Sunday. Know. It's and then I was like, am I doing it? And then they fucked. I doubt it. Guys, this is the problem. Post too many podcasts on the same network. You forget what you're you doing. You forget what you're doing. No, I should have known from the fact that okay. I'm staring into a cupboard with a vacuum cleaner yeah, in it. We're now the podcast under the stairs. Copyright. Um, it's Elvis. Let's start again. Let's start again. Okay, you ready? Silence. Hello and welcome to another week where you have to put up with <laughs> KB and Julie. Anyway, so it's still November, which means JFK-related conspiracy week. or JFK-adjacent related yeah. conspiracy. This is, this is, there's so many, there's like actually, so after we re- finished recording the last episode, I was like, oh man, I forgot to talk about this a bit. There's so much. Are you ready to roll? Oh, uh, so ready. Brilliant. All right. I don't know what this is. Marilyn Monroe. I know. So Norma Jean Mortensen, better known as Marilyn Monroe, was born June 1st, 1926, and from the very beginning led a rocky life. Gladys Pearl Baker, Monroe's mother, was mentally and financially unprepared for a child. Oh, that is some words. That is a pretty good insult for someone. (laughs) I mean, to be fair, there's probably a lot of people that aren't mentally and financially prepared for a child. I'm not. I'm not. (laughs) Hence why we didn't have any. Yes. Anyway, so Gladys placed her daughter with foster parents Albert and Ida Bolander in the rural town of Hawthorne. In January 1934, Gladys had a mental breakdown. Wee like we all do, uh, and was diagnosed with pan- pa- pa- I can't even. I was going to say what? panoramic, Pan- paranoid schizophrenia. After several months in a rest home, which sounds really nice, but I'm sure it was not. It's like rehab. <laughs> yeah, probably. Or in 1934. Like a psych ward. It was committed to the Metropolitan State Hospital. She spent the rest of her life in and out of hospitals and was rarely in contact with Monroe. Uh, Monroe became a ward of the state, and during her time in foster care, was abused and molested by her carers. Yeah. Let's jump ahead to uh, Marilyn's adult life. In 1942, the family Monroe was living with was forced to move into state, and as Marilyn was still under the care of the state, they couldn't take her with them. Her solution was to marry the neighbor's 21-year-old son, factory worker James Doherty. On June 19th, just after her 16th birthday... Yeah. And, oh, sorry, that was a weird way to phrase that. Apologies. <laughs> it was during her marriage to James that World War II struck and James was shipped out to the Pacific. Many women took up work in factories at this time as the workforce, which was heavily comprised of men, were at war. It was her job at Radio Playing Company that... Sorry, it was at her job at Radio Playing Company that photographer David Conver met her and took the photograph that launched Marilyn Monroe into a life of stardom. Whoa. 1945 to 1962, Marilyn worked as a model actress and became one of the 20th century's first female sex symbols. Even though I really hate using that term. Yeah. That is kind of the bombshell. It's kind of the best way to describe who she became. The, like, fascination. Yeah. Yeah. Marilyn had great success in the film industry and made a total of 30 movies in 15 years. Poi! Yeah. 
She was married and divorced three times, ending her marriage to James Doherty in 1946. Then she married baseball star Joe DiMaggio. Joe in ni- DiMaggio. Yeah, cute, huh? <laughs> in 1954 and divorced him in 1955. Wait. Then she married American playwright Arthur Miller in 1956. Oh, I always forget about Arthur Miller. I know. And again divorced in 1961. So she really... <laughs> She went through them quick. Well, I guess DiMaggio. Yeah. So, married DiMaggio in 54, divorced 55, married 56. Divorced. And I have had, what, like one boyfriend in my adult life? Oh, you and me both, kid. (laughs) (laughs) But we also don't look like Marilyn Monroe, so... What? (laughs) What? I know. Devastated. It was actually during her marriage to Joe DiMaggio that Marilyn supposedly, or perhaps famously, had an affair with both John F. Kennedy and Robert Kennedy. Uh, Often used as an argument proving the affair is the famous footage of her singing Happy Birthday, Mr. President. But more on this later. Okay. During her final months, Monroe lived at one, no, 12,305 5th Helena Drive in Brentwood. That's a hectic... That is. Yeah. 12.305. 12.305. Drive in Brentwood, Los Angeles. Her housekeeper, Eunice Murray, was staying overnight at the home on the evening of Saturday, August 4th, 1962. The details get a little sketchy on exactly what happened that night, but it is said Murray awoke at 3am on August 5th and sensed that something was wrong. Oh, yes. Well, I mean, sometimes you do Maybe she's things. Miss Clarice. <gasps> something is not right. Something is quite wrong! She's basically the principal for Matilda for anyone who did not. That's not Matilda. I mean, Madeline! Madeline. (laughs) For anyone who did not get it. (laughs) Madeline! She saw the light from under Monroe's bedroom door, but was unable to get a response and found the door locked. Uh Murray then called Monroe's psychiatrist, Dr. Ralph Greenson, who arrived at the house shortly after and broke into the bedroom through a window. Finding Monroe lying neatly face down, dead in her bed, Monroe's physician, Dr. Hyman Engelberg. I know, I was just really <laughs> disturbed by his first name. Is that? Yep. Yeah, Hyman, no other way to break Hyman, that Hyman, down. Hyman's the, Hyman is the, <laughs> the name. Dr. Hyman Engelberg arrived at 3.50 a.m., so that's 50 minutes, and pronounced her dead at the scene. At 4.25... They notified the L.A. Police Department. Oh, that's a long time in between, isn't it? It is. Munro died between 8.30pm and 10.30pm on August 4th. Her toxicology report showed that the cause of death was acute barbiturate poisoning. Empty medicine bottles were found next to her bed. The possibility that Munro had accidentally overdosed was ruled out because of the dosages found in her body. They were several times over the lethal limit. Due to the fact that Monroe's doctor and psychologist had both indicated that Marilyn had previously overdosed and was prone to attacks of anxiety and depression, in addition to the lack of any indication of foul play, Deputy Coroner Thomas Noguchi classified her death as a probable suicide. Hmm, the tone of your voice, Julie, makes me feel otherwise. You'd be right. You're not wrong, KB. It was all a little bit suspect. It's all a little sketchy. Now, you heard me mention that Marilyn's body was neatly laying face down. I did hear the word neatly. Yes. Yes. In fact, her arms and legs were straight beside and underneath her. 
fine. Like planking. Yeah, like... Yeah. That's hard to do on your yeah. own. Not the usual pose for someone who had taken pills to kill themselves. But this wasn't the only unusual occurrence. The housekeeper had called Marilyn's doctor, who called her lawyer, before they arrived on the scene. There was other inconsistencies noted, such as the window that Dr. Ralph Greenson supposedly broke to enter the room had glass on the outside, not the inside, as it would if the glass had been broken from the outside. Interesting. You know when you break a window? It goes a certain direction. It goes a certain direction. Well, it wasn't in the right direction. No, if it's not into the room, you didn't break into the room. No, you the broke room. out of the you room. You broke out of the room. Interesting. Mm, very suspicious. Um... Where was I? Boop, doop, boop, breaking boop. into the room and breaking out of the room. And it was reported that Marilyn had taken 40 pills to overdose, yet there was no water, glasses, or drinks of any type to be found in her room. I mean, maybe she dry swallowed them. 40 pills? <laughs> I can dry swallow, like, maximum three tiny ones. 40 pills. I'm just, I'm playing devil's advocate. You know when you, like, dry swallow a multivitamin and it gets stuck halfway and the capsule breaks open? Yeah, it's like that, but 50 times worse. Yeah. Or 40. (laughs) Ha. It all looks very suspicious. So, if perhaps there is foul play, who should the blame lie with? I'm feeling like we've maybe talked about them before. Oh, let's take a look. (laughs) Theory number one. One of the theories discussed in the documentary Unacknowledged by conspiracy theorist Dr. Stephen Green... Uh, when do we get... Gria, sorry. I'm Gria. lying. It says Gria. When do we get to become, like, conspiracy theorists? I mean, we're not making up our own theories. We're just talking about other theories. You make a good point. <laughs> Who claims Monroe was murdered by the CIA because she knew the truth about Roswell and planned to reveal all. In the film, Gria produces what he says is a classified CIA memo written just two days before Monroe's death. In the alleged memo that Greer believes refers to the storied Roswell UFO crash in New Mexico in 47, JFK is said to have told Monroe he witnessed evidence of things from outer space at a secret airbase. We have a number of smoking gun documents, including a wiretap of Marilyn Monroe the day before she died, which has never been declassified, Greer writes. She was threatening to hold a press conference to tell the world what Jack Kennedy told her during Pillow Talk about having seen debris from extraterrestrial vehicle at what document call at what the document calls a secret airbase. She was murdered for this. Look, I don't know about that one, Jules. I All really right. don't. Alright, I'll give you another one. Okay. <laughs> Theory number two. Now, it was only two and a half months after her performance of Happy Birthday at President John F. Kennedy's birthday that she would be dead. Yeah. Kennedy and his younger brother, Robert F. Kennedy, feature heavily in many Monroe murder conspiracies. In 2007, Australian filmmaker Philippe Mora discovered... Philippe? Philippe? Philippe. Philippe. <laughs> Philippe? I'm gonna call him Phil. <laughs> discovered a partially redacted FBI document that suggests Robert Kennedy also said to have had an affair with Monroe, like his more famous brother, may have been complicit in a plot to induce her suicide. As in the two of them together, or just Bobby Kennedy? Bobby, I think. <sighs> Bobby. Also implicated is Kennedy's then brother-in-law and Rat Pack a- Rat Packer actor Peter Lawford. As the conspiracy's lead, Monroe's psychiatrist Dr. Ralph Greenson, housekeeper Eunice Murray, and agent Pat Newcomb. 
The depressive Monroe, who had struggled with drug and alcohol abuse, had been known to seek attention by staging suicide attempts, and the document suggests she was given the means to do so. The barbiturate seconol by the alleged conspirators, but was then left to die. So they're saying that they gave her these drugs to, to be like, it. you know how you like pretend to commit suicide? Yeah. Slash trying to commit suicide? Here's oh, the you things go. you need. Ugh. As many theories have proffered before, the FBI file infers that the alleged plot was carried out to silence Monroe, who had threatened to reveal her affairs with the Kennedy brothers. Monroe was also thought to be a liability, alleging keeping records of conversations detailing highly confidential government information in a Little Red Book. I have heard of the Little Red Book theory before. Now, I mean... We talked about Bobby Kennedy last week. He we did. followed very closely in the, the footsteps of his older brother. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can't, again, I can't get on board with this one. I don't know why. I just, I have, I, for some reason I now have a soft spot for Bobby Kennedy and, like, JFK. And I'm like, they wouldn't. You have a soft spot because you feel he felt guilty. Yeah, and I, like, that. Yeah. that I would like still that. say that, yeah, potentially he could have got it on, like, Donkey Kong with Marilyn Monroe. Absolutely. And, like, absolutely Marilyn Monroe is not the only mistress of the Kennedy. Oh, like, no, no, no. So for me, I'm like, I mean, well, a lot of the mistresses probably knew a lot of stuff, but none of them were mysteriously Disappearing. Maybe dead. none of them had as much influence, though. I think there were a couple, though. A few? Yeah. Hmm. People that, like, organised meetings and took information from one pe- group of people to the other. Like, there were a lot of... Naughty, there was naughty. a lot of insider so trading. <laughs> insider. Is that what the kids are calling it <laughs> these days? That's, that's what the kids are calling it these days. Next well, theory. Theory number three. We know that Marilyn Monroe dealt with her mental health her whole life. And we also know that fame can really increase these kind of stresses. Oh, so, Just the arts in general. <laughs> yeah. So maybe it's not so crazy to believe claims Monroe's death was staged and her psychiatrist, Dr. Ralph Greenson, committed her to a mental institution in New Brunswick, Canada. Oh, so she's still alive. Because of her breakdown she experienced due to the threats on her life. Yes. So she's pulled an Elvis. Yeah. She's called an Elvis, She's babe. called an Elvis. She We're changing the name. Elvis. It's called Monroe Lives. Pulling an Elvis. <laughs> Pulling an Elvis. John Alexander Baker, author of Malin Monroe, Alive in 1984, question mark, <laughs> believes Monroe stayed at the institution for 20 years without being recognised before being released. How? <laughs> How? She was the most famous woman of the time. Sorry, ladies and gentlemen, that would have been really loud. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm, like, stunned. This is stupid. Keep going. <laughs> According to the book Outline, Baker says he picked up a hitchhiker in Nova Scotia in 1984 who claimed to be Monroe, now a homeless, frightened, paranoid schizophrenic. She told him of her days as a former movie star and Baker was taken by her resemblance to Monroe, as well as the similarity in her singing voice. Oh my goodness, anyone can imitate that. Keep going. (laughs) Baker admits the woman's mental state would make her story hard to believe for most but says, I believe 99% that she really was who she claimed to be. Well, what's the 1%? Why don't you believe it 100%? The 1% is just a little bit of doubt, okay, Katie? <laughs> uh, there are also claims that in 2003, Marilyn was spotted on the beach in Hawaii. 26 separate people came forward that day to say that they had spotted a lady who they believed to be her. 
I don't know about you, but uh, I do recall an episode where we talked about Keanu Reeves being immortal, and we've posted several pictures of people throughout <laughs> history that look Logan. exactly like Keanu Reeves. All right. I, All right. I don't... I can't. If you don't want to believe this one, try and believe theory number four. Okay. Another Bobby Kennedy theory. Oh, leave Bobby alone. <laughs> Materialised when the allegation of renowned wiretapper Bernard Spindle, who had bugged Monroe's house, possibly on the orders of a crooked union leader Jimmy Hoffa, Aww. or Chicago mafia boss Sam... Oh, we That's another it. one. Giachiana. Giachiana. Despite reported sightings of him in LA and entered her house. So they're saying that Bobby Kennedy had entered the house during the night. Kennedy stated that he was in San Francisco on the night of Monroe's death, but Spindle claims to have heard Kennedy and Monroe fighting that night with Lawson, uh, sorry, Lawford present, followed by a, la- a loud bang, thought to be the moment of her death. It said five mafia hitmen were responsible for her murder on the order of the name I can't say. Gigiani. <laughs> Using a washcloth drenched in chloroform, then stripping Monroe and giving her a barbiturate enema. Like a tranquilizer? What is a barbiturate enema? It's an enema. An enema is when stuff is flushed up your butt. Oh, great. So they flush drugs up her butt. Great. Yeah. I mean, so less yeah, prone to being found. Great. Yeah. In another twist, Porter posits it could have also been one of the Kennedys that hired the mob boss to get rid of Monroe. The one issue I kind of take with mm. this theory is that um, as much as it's used in the movies and crime no- novels, chloroform isn't effective in incapacitating someone. I also you can't just put a cloth with chloroform over someone's mouth and they go to bye-bye town. It's not a thing. I also feel like, potentially because, like we said last week, in that there are lots of, like, crossover theories. Of yeah. Bobby Kennedy and the Mafia and the CIA and people not being who they say they are that sometimes all these theories start melding together and it's like, oh, yeah, but also in this part, guess what? Like, Kennedy was there and the mafia was listening in on it and, like... I mean, that is just the general nature of conspiracy theories, KB. and obviously, like, the 50s. Yeah. The mafia was, like, a big thing. Like, crime bosses, obviously, were a lot Maybe, maybe, people have just gotten better at covering their tracks. Oh, gosh. That makes me terrified. <laughs> like, legit terrified. That was a very visceral reaction you just had. <laughs> like, oh my goodness. I listen to a lot of crime podcasts, guys. It's, it's, that's the, that's yeah. the thing. Um, look, I've never believed that Marilyn Monroe committed suicide, but I also don't believe she pulled an Elvis in that she stayed, she was alive. There yeah. are lots of very questionable aspects of that whole yeah. thing. And I don't know if the Kennedys, I just don't feel like the Kennedys would have been involved voluntarily. Yes. It could have been even something that maybe wasn't even stated in here. Maybe she knew something about the mafia that she shouldn't have. Yeah. Via the Kennedys. Maybe she stole a role from another actress and that actress decided to put a hit out on it. Maybe like, she stole a loaf of bread. Lame is. 
Musicals taught me everything. <laughs> musicals taught me everything. Anyway, but, ladies and gentlemen, you need to tell us what you think. Please, please tell us what you think. Jump on any of our socials. We're on Facebook. We're on Insta. Elvis Lives Podcast. You can email us elvislivespodcast at gmail.com. Yeah. You can even uh, rate, review, and subscribe on whatever podcatcher you choose. That is the end of JFK month. We only really skimmed the surface. Uh, I reckon we could do it again next year. We could do it again pretty much every second month for the rest of our lives. <laughs> like, that's how much we skimmed the surface. There are lots of mistaken identities, lots of plot twists in the story. So if this is something that you've been enjoying and you want us to go further, deeper, tell me more, tell me more. If you want us to go barbiturate enema deep. <laughs> sorry. I only did that for KB's face. It was good. <laughs> Whoa. Then let us know. <laughs> and guess what, guys? We'll see you next week with another conspiracy. Bye. Bye. a mess. War, famine, politics. Why can't everyone just get along? Yeah, like in musicals. Musicals fix everything. If people listened and learned from musicals, everything would be better. Music, lights, and spontaneous choreography. What isn't there to love? If you want to learn all of life's important lessons or just listen to some musical theatre nerds wax lyrical subscribe to Musicals Tell Me Everything I Know wherever you find fun and funny podcasts or at our website at thatsnotcanonproductions.com a That's Not Canon Productions podcast